0: Over 20 years ago, I was injured on the job, which left me with a severe permanent disability. It forced me to discover my true passion and purpose. It wasn't until I started my direct sales business and later became one of the company's gratitude ambassadors that I realized I am a giver, a humanitarian, a cheerleader, and have a deep desire to inspire others. I had no idea it was possible to have a bigger impact until I launched my podcast to inspire others to live their passion, reclaim their purpose, and be open to so many possibilities. I am your host, Candace Snyder, and this is the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Welcome to the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome my guest, Jean Andrus. At the age of 48, Jean felt she was kicked out of her own life as the emotional symptoms of her undiagnosed perimenopause destroyed her marriage, threatened to sabotage her career, and began to take a toll on all of her relationships. She found herself promising to make these adversities the best thing that ever happened, and she turned to creating her own menopause survival plan. Her passion for wellness grew into a desire to share what she learned about menopause and its effects on women. And in 2008, she became a full-time health coach and personal trainer dedicated to helping women to navigate their own menopause journey. She's the author of five books about menopause including I Just Want to Be Me Again, A Guide to Thriving Through Menopause, and Where is My Wife and What Have You Done With Her, A Spouse's Guide to Her Menopause.
1: Welcome, John. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm super
0: excited to be here today. I'm so excited to have you because this is a topic that I know we need to discuss. There are so many women out there. I don't think I think for some of them, they're they're going to be having like those nodding their heads saying, oh yeah, I get that. And then there's the other ones that are going to be an aha moment for them, not realizing that some of the things they've been experiencing have been related to
1: perimenopause or menopause. Exactly. Exactly. I find that so often when talking with my clients and potential clients and just talking with women in general about menopause is that we don't have the knowledge we need to get through this.
0: Yes. I'm there. The science behind it, this there, there's so many components. There's the science, there's the emotional, there's, you know, those things you talk about in your book, you know, your heart just, uh, I can't wait to kind of dive into this, but I feel like the best place to start is if you could share your journey with us, because, I think sharing is knowledge as well. So your sure. experience can open up a, a, a world of thought um, to those listeners out there.
1: So I actually went through menopause fairly late in life. I, I know it started actually really early, pretty early in my mid 40s. I, um, I, I had a couple of weird changes in my body that I didn't ever associate with paramenopause, but I think it did start then. But then toward my late forties, I wound up um, depressed, anxious, low libido, and angry. And it was, I I did never associated it with paramenopause. I just thought my life was falling apart. And I wound up, one February, Friday the 13th in February, uh, going to the marriage counselor with my then husband and walking away with a marriage that had just fallen apart. And with that, basically, I fell apart. Um, I was really unhappy. I was really unhealthy. Um, And I didn't know what was happening to me. But I also didn't want to quit. I just really did not want to just say, this is it. I'm giving up. Um, So I, I swore to myself that I'd make it the best thing that ever happened to me. And I started to try and get healthy. And I did. And I lucked out. So, I mean, if you've ever done something that just all turned out right, this did. I... Um I joined a support group um online because I was traveling a lot for work. I went on what was then the probably the premier low carb diet. It was dawn of low carb carb dieting to a large extent. Atkins was back around for for uh, another round and it was important to me to s- start on a on something that would give me the weight loss I needed. Um, I started running and I started running because I didn't have enough time to exercise any other way and everything else took too much time. So I started running and I managed to do it right. And somehow all of it fell into place. And I still didn't know it was paramenopause. I still didn't know. I went to my doctor. She said, how are things going? She's I said, well, I'm getting better. And she said, good, let me know if I can help. Did mm-hmm. she say paramenopause? No, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody said it to me. And that was sort of as I I started doing the research and I became um, excited about helping other women get through what, what I was going through, I started realizing how much of it was paramenopause, menopause, and the things that were changing in us. And then I I realized we weren't getting the information we needed. And so my dedication became to helping women get the information and use and put into practice the kinds of things I had learned about my own health and beyond my health, my happiness, my a uh, passion for life, my desire to be the best person I could be at this time of my life and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I wound up quitting my corporate job. I became a personal trainer and a health coach. I started practicing primarily with women in in and around paramenopause and menopause and really helping them to rebalance, um, take a holistic hormonal rebalancing approach to their health. And so we put the hormonal balance at the center of what they were doing, making their choices from that sense of holistic hormonal rebalancing and putting themselves in a place where they could thrive and they could reach out to their best life yet so
0: you said something that it was like the, my light bulb kind of went off because if you didn't take like that initiative to start doing the research yourself and what was going on, you would have just went through life and been, been like, this is, well, I guess this is just what I'm supposed to deal with right
1: now. And this is just how it is. And nothing would have changed. Nothing would have changed. Uh, at some point now, so I started this at 48 and I was going through perimenopause and I did not finish through menopause until I was 57. That's very late. So the average age, just for your listeners and for yourself, 51 is the average age at which women finish that year of being period free and are considered postmenopausal. It was late for me, but at some point somebody must've, Except they never did. Mm-hmm. I wound up moving. I went to a new gynecologist. He said, "Any problems, any symptoms? Can I give you a pill?" Didn't say the word right. nobody, nobody talks about it. Nobody tells us what to expect and and more importantly, how to get through it healthfully. I talked to a woman the other day, and she was one of those, those women. I fortunately was never, never one of the women who had rough periods from the time they were a teenager. And she, she had just gotten to the point where at about the age of 46, she said, I'm done with this. I can't stand it anymore. And she went to her doctor and said, take it all out. Well, she's created a whole different set of problems for herself because Nobody told her how to handle it. And I was just, I'm biting my tongue and saying, wow. Yeah. And I just felt so awful. Mm -hmm. I really felt awful for her, Um, especially since I knew her at that time. (laughs) Um, You know, we were acquaintances and and I never, never thought to ask her, do you really want to do this? Is this really the path you want to take? Mm Mm-hmm. And lately, I've, I've talked to several women who've, who've walked a different path for a long time and suffered. And that's the thing. You don't have to suffer through this. For most women, there's a lot you can do. And when I talk about horm- holistic hormonal re- rebalancing, I'm talking about using things like diet and nutritional supplements And exercise, but more importantly, stress management and getting a good night's sleep. Because I don't know about you, 90% of women sleep badly for at least some period of perimenopause and menopause, and some go through a decade or more without getting a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that. No,
0: because. even on times where, you know, I haven't been able to sleep well. I mean, it sets the tone for your whole day. And if that goes on for night after night, you night know, after night. that, well, we know that's not healthy and you people can, and you can't fun- function that way. It's just right. impossible to
1: be your, your optimal self. Right. And the trick is that the way our hormones change which is not a linear, number one, it's not a linear progression. Number two, it's not necessarily the same for every woman. So not every woman drops their progesterone right away. Not every woman drops their estrogen right away. Sometimes we get a, a, a disconnect between our estrogen and progesterone. It's called estrogen dominance. Well, each of those three conditions means that we sleep badly in a different way. And then there are all the other hormones that are affected like thyroid and insulin and cortisol and testosterone. And every one of those means that you sleep badly in a different way. Right. So you can go from sleeping badly one way to another way to another way until it gets to be a habit. And then when it's habitual, there's a whole nother problem that comes along, which is that you think you're not going to get a good night's sleep. And so you don't. So So, it's a huge thing for women. And it's one of the ways that I start my work with most women is, is dealing with that. How aren't you sleeping? So let's, let's cure how you're not sleeping. Some of them, it's hot flashes. Some of them, it's waking up at night worrying. And for so many of us, we've got teenagers, college age kids, kids, at this t- stage of our lives or older parents or both um and we're worried we wake up worried about them and that just drives the non-sleeping cycle as well
0: yes so i find that that's interesting that you start asking about sleep but yeah. the other interesting thing is and as when i was reading this part in your book about the different hormones because yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I have a hypothyroid, you know, I take a a bioidentical supplement. Okay. Good for for you. Yeah. For that. And then I'm like, and I'm reading about the adrenals and I'm reading about all these, uh, these other things. And I don't think we think about that when we just think about perimenopause and menopause. I think that the thing that just kind of goes to our head and I know nobody can see my hands as I'm talking to you because we're audio, but I think the thing is that we're just thinking estrogen and progesterone and that's it. We're not thinking about anything else. Exactly.
1: And, and even so hard, the hard part is that we've compartmentalized and I talk with my hands too, and you're not mm. and your <laughs> listeners aren't seeing it, but we compartmentalize, um, Systems in Western medicine, so you go to your gynecologist, and as i've been doing this research i've I've found that you know your gynecologist is practicing what what other doctors literally call bikini medicine, and bikini medicine is what gets covered by a bikini, um not a topless bikini, but a bikini full mm-hmm. full you know and so when you go to your doctor and you talk about perimenopause, they're talking about what's happening in your reproductive system, and they might be, might also realize that that has some implications for your breast health. But when you when you're having symptoms like gastrointestinal symptoms like GERD or IBS or um just bad digestion or you can't all of a sudden you can't digest gluten or you're having food sensitivities they don't think about that so you go to a gastroenterologist and they don't say hey so have your periods changed lately are you going through perimenopause has anyone asked you about that nobody asks yeah. So, if you go to your dermatologist and you're drying your skin is drying out, or um, I don't even know who you go to for for hair problems, but if you're going about you know my hair is falling out or my eyebrows are thinning, or um my skin is drying, or I have this thing called formication. I feel like ants are crawling up under my skin. You go to the dermatologist and the dermatologist doesn't say, "Hey, are you in perimenopause or even, you know, they should know <laughs> they, they should know from looking at you that you or looking at your records here, you are 48, 52, 56, and they should be saying, Hmm, I wonder if you if your levels of hormones are being affected by your levels of estrogen and progesterone. So here's, here's the secret that I think most people don't know. Every cell in your body has what's known as receptors for estrogen. So every cell in your body works better when you have estrogen. Your hormones work better in your cells. Your thyroid gland works better. Your pancreas works better. Insulin works better escorting sugar in and out of your cells better your metabolism works better your energy production your mitochondria all of it works better in the presence of estrogen that's the way women are designed and when estrogen goes down Mm -hmm. oh and by the way most of them also have receptors for progesterone okay so every cell in your body is saying I need this stuff. I'm used to it. What's going on? And things change.
0: It's like being, it's like being dehydrated, right? Yeah. It's similar to like if you
1: didn't have enough water. <laughs> exactly. It's like mm-hmm. being dehydrated. And it, when I say every cell in your body, I, mean, I also mean every cell in your brain. Mm-hmm. So parts of our brains are designed to work better under estrogen. Things that women do well are driven by estrogen. Our, our ability to create relationships, it's heightened by estrogen. Our ability to remember names and things and, and relationships between things is heightened by estrogen. Our ability to do multiple things, multi, what I call it's multitask. It's what everybody knows is multitasking. I call it serial, a cyclic serial tasking, because it's really doing one thing at a time, but knowing exactly where to come back to. And women do it well, because there's a center in our brains that's estrogen driven. And then here comes menopause and guess what you can't do. Can't remember anything, right? (laughs) You feel like you can't and you continue to try and do it because you've always done it this way. Mm -hmm. And so we find ourselves in these crazy places where things just don't work the same. and, And we find ourselves with our brains, wondering why our brains aren't working the same way. Well, it's because estrogen changes the way we think, the way we feel, the way we relate to people, it's all part of this big change that we go through.
0: So one of the things that you talked about um, was the anger that you had. So is the anger, is it because of like the depletion of estrogen or is there something else that's going on
1: that may cause the depression and the anger? Let's go to anger, because I think anger and depression are two different things. Okay. Um, anger, first of all, you're changing, and it doesn't feel good. So there's some, there's some anger that goes on, goes on. But estrogen, women, and I, I, I have to be careful when I talk about this, because I am a 70s feminist. Mm-hmm. For real. Um, but what I've learned in doing this work is that there's some biological pressure on our body from estrogen to, number one, want to have children. So the biological clock is a real thing. And number two, create a safe haven for ourselves as we are raising children. And this goes back to who we were Um Eons ago, as as we were hunter gatherers out in the the wild and women became were pregnant and nursing and raising toddlers for very large periods of their lives, because that's how we as a as a species continued. Well, as Babies became less um, ready to take care of themselves, and it took longer and longer and longer. Women were more and more tied to that raising children role and we were pregnant a lot of it, and we were also nursing you know nursing infants and so what was really important was to create a safe haven in which we could do that and have a tribe around us to help. Makes sense. I mean, you know, we talk about, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it really did take tribes to raise humans because it took years for a human to become independent. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, I mean, yes, women fall all the way, all over the spectrum in how much they want to have babies and how much but mostly we're more on that the the baby making end of the spectrum than we than men are you know it's it's a definite connected to our estrogen well when estrogen goes away we have less need for other people's approval hmm. And so if you if you're in the world of self-development, life coaching, that sort of thing, it's almost a cliche that women in their mid 40s, early to mid 40s, somewhere along in there sort of wake up and say, why have I been so dependent on everybody else's opinion of me for so long? I am just sick of it. Mm-hmm. well that's a biological thing that's your body saying oops we don't need to be as dependent on other people's opinion of us and then we start getting mad because we've put up we or we think we've put up with so much stuff over the years and we've done all this stuff for other people and we shouldn't have to do that should we right (laughs) so (laughs) now we get now we get angry with it but it's also you know there's also other brain centers that are not being fulfilled by estrogen we're not being calmed down by estrogen we're not being hit with oxytocin um, which is another brain hormone it's the cuddle hormone so we're not being hit by that as much so, a lot of things aren't happening that would have calmed us down. But a lot of the anger comes out of just sort of this understanding that or, or realization that we don't have to be everybody's doormat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it makes us angry. Makes sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Explain that
0: way. You know, yeah. but I think when somebody's going through it, it. It's a lot. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel good. No. And it, and I don't, we're not processing that. No, we're not doing the why we're just in like the
1: moment of dealing with those feelings. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, that I bring into my client relationships is this ability to say, Oh, anger. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your, you know, uh, sometimes it's with a kid or with a husband or with a job and we, we talk about whether or not the expectations are okay you know is somebody expecting too much of us do we need to redefine our relationships or do we just need to realize that that's the expectation they've had all along and we need to think about whether or not that's okay with us sometimes it is mm. and Maybe. a lot of times it's not It's it's that word boundaries
0: that popped into my head. Absolutely. And that's a word that I don't think, I don't think I ever heard that being used as much as I have in now. I'm I'm going to be 58, (laughs) probably in the last five to 10 years. I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever heard boundaries like you need to set boundaries or I never heard that as much as
1: now. Yeah, because we what we see is you know we have to be sort of this this community glue, and that means if your kid comes in and says on you know on Tuesday morning that they need seven dozen chocolate chip cookies, what when do you need them for ten o'clock? <laughs> you know, we just you know we call our jobs. We say we're going to be two hours late. We'll work two hours late. Lo- over time, and we go into the kitchen and we make ten, seven dozen cookies and drive them to school. That's the 30-year-old version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 50-year-old version is, again, guess we're going to go buy Chips Ahoy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe your allowance money will go and buy Chips Ahoy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, depending on where you want to set that boundary, but... We don't set those boundaries when we're, when we're younger and, and that's okay because that's part of, I I say that's okay um, because it's part of who we are at that time. And it's, it's all right to, to be that person. And it's all right to wake up when you're 45 and say, I was that person and that was okay. And I'm no longer that person. And that's okay too. I love that. I love that definition there. You don't have to you don't have to make yourself wrong for mm-hmm. for the years that you spent being the everything to everyone. But you don't have to be that person either anymore. I think I think there's a lot of
0: people out there that need to hear that because I I feel like we say this is well this is who I've always been. And who am I to change? But it's it's nice to hear that you have permission to change and grow and not be the person that you were back when.
1: The only, here's, here's an interesting thing as I went through this was um, I wound up with a lot of people who said to me, I don't like the term men- menopause. I did. That feels old to me. Can you find a different term? Well, there there's one term called climatrix, which is just like, who the hell knows what it means. Um, but the only other term that we use in English for this change is the change.
0: Mm.
1: It's not a change. It's the change. It's a big shift in who we are. Right. And right. it's, yeah, it's not just a physical change. Mm.
0: Very interesting. And I know we got so much more to to talk about here. So one of the things you talk about is so there's the four parts, um, the four components that you talk about in the book. And I know with your coaching. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So there's our body and our body isn't us. It's part of us. And it changes. And as we've been talking about, it changes because our cells are changing. And then there's our mind or our brain. And it's a really, it's not just our brain because it is our, our consciousness, our self-awareness changes as well. Part of that changes because, as I've said, pieces of our brain are, are stimulated differently. Uh, without estrogen in them. But it also is changing who we think we are. And I'll get to that again in in a second. The third way that we change is our emotions. And our emotions are heavily driven by our hormones, by not just uh, estrogen and progesterone, which do have some effect, but estrogen and progesterone have effects on serotonin and dopamine and endorphins and all of these feel good, feel bad hormones that, that rush through our bodies and act on our emotional centers. So our emotions change. We talked about anger. We Depression is another one. And that's that often has a huge relationship to the um, oxytocin and serotonin relationship to estrogen, which is. Not there anymore, so we aren't getting the oxytocin. We're not getting the serotonin hits that we normally would. So our depression can happen. So we have emotional issues, and then our spiritual issues. We and I, I take this back to a, a large sense that we aren't the person that we started out to be. We're not. We're not the person we were when in our twenties and our thirties in our early 40s um we may be giving up dreams um we may be seeing that the dreams that we've had were not that important to us so spiritually we are shifting as well we are shifting who we are and the cool thing is this gives this opens up to us this is to me the gift of menopause and i call it Eve's gift um, because I think it, it, I think it comes, it's been there all along. And that is our ability to put ourselves in the center of our lives for the first time. A lot of what I was talking about before it comes from this notion that we put everybody else in the center of our lives and we're on the periphery of our lives. Well, for the first time, We get to put ourselves in the center of our lives. Doesn't mean that we have to be selfish or we don't put anybody else in there with us or we close out or we throw people out of our lives. That's, that's choice. You can do that, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. But You're in the center too, for the first time in your life. And that means you get to reclaim all the dreams that you might have had, Mm-hmm. all of the things you put on the back burner, all of the things that you might've wanted as a young woman or a teenager or, um, a schoolgirl um, back in elementary school, you might've had a wish or a, a desire to do something or go somewhere or be or have, or do something in particular. And some of it you might just discover when you, when you t- take a look at everything that's happened to you and say, now what? Now what do I want to do? I-, I promise you, nowhere in my life did I ever want to become a menopause mastery coach. <laughs> and yet, it's my passion. Helping mm-hmm. women do this. Helping women do the kinds of things that I have done with my life in the last uh, it's coming up on, on 20 years since that 48th year when i had so much go wrong and yet i've done so much and i've been so much and i've gotten to be so many of the things i wanted to do much earlier in my life and put on the put on the back burner because i had a husband and a child and a career that were all really important and they were important. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I still adore my son <laughs> <laughs> and I adore my grandchildren mm-hmm. and I will spend as much time as I, as I can get with them. But I'm at the center of my life and I do what feels right to me. And I'm not going to say feels good, but it feels right. So I'm, I get to go scuba diving in Mexico. I get to go skiing in new England. The kid lives in new England. The grandkids live in new England. I ski in new England cause it's easy, mm-hmm. uh, but I get to do all the adventures and I get to do, um, I get to spend the time on me and go to the gym and buy the clothes I want to wear. And all of the things, all of the things, I love that saying, all the things, right? All the things. I get to do it. And it's because I'm here at this time of my life, being able to take the gift of me. So you said two
0: of my favorite words, passion and reclaim. Yes. So I think that's so important because... And now, you know, the title of this podcast is Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities. So you've been able to take your passion and your purpose and meld them together. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: It is. It truly is. And I'm allowed to have a lot of of passions in my life now. So, um, you know, my husband and I, my current husband and I are um, traveling a lot more and doing, you know, I've got eight states to go. If you live in South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Arkansas, or Hawaii, I'm coming to your place. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I've still got, you know, I've still got things to do and things to see. And what, I, what I've realized is I can be the best person I want to be. I can do it all. I love it. Except become Miss Teen America. Okay.
0: Well, you know.
1: But you could be Mrs. I could. I could. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be Miss Teen America. Okay. It's not (laughs) Not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So just to to, um, back
0: up a little bit before we move to something else.
1: The five pillars. Okay. So- I've stepping back. I said, I'm what I do with my women first, before we start exploring who they want to be, we do the holistic hormonal rebalancing and it takes five pillars to really create wellness. So the first one is sleep. We start with sleep because it makes everything easier. If you can sleep, I start a lot of times with not changing the hormones so much, but changing sleep habits and cleaning up bad sleep things and teaching people how to handle a hot flash in the middle of the night and whether or not you can sleep with your air conditioner. I I sleep with a room air conditioner still. That's uh, set on sixty six, and my husband just has to deal with it because it's going to be cold in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start with sleep, because sleep makes everything better. And then we go into stress uh stress management. And a lot of people will talk about stress reduction. I will tell you right now, you can't reduce stress necessarily. Um, unless you have, as I've said before, a swamp in North Alabama where you can hide the bodies, um, <laughs> but most of us don't. So we have to we have to rely on stress management. So we do do a lot of stress management because stress hits us differently. In this another thing we could do a whole podcast on is how stress is different in menopause. But we do we work on stress management, how to get your Arms around the stress that's happening in your life every day. Then we look at nutrition. So we've done a lot of work before we even get to nutrition. So this isn't a diet and exercise program. It's a it's a holistic program, but we look at what works for you, how to eat so that you're getting the nutritional pieces that you need sometimes it's supplements sometimes um, for some women it is those herbal supplements that you can buy in the drugstore Um, sometimes it's um i throw essential oils and a couple other things in here too just because they're important um to help our bodies do what they need to do so nutrition is all about fueling our bodies the right way Um, then we get into exercise or movement because a lot of us are doing the wrong movement for the way our body's hormonal balance needs to be. So when we talked about stress, exercise can be stress or it can be relaxation. So if your stress levels are through the roof, And yet you're trying to lose weight. So you're going to the gym three times a a day. You know, you're going to the gym for an hour and a half a day and running five miles on the weekend days and doing all of this stuff. You might have just you might be throwing your stress levels way off and not being able to rebalance those those all important hormones. Mm -hmm. So we deal with what what movement works for you. For your particular situation. And this can differ whether you're early perimenopause, late perimenopause, postmenopause. Those ch- choices are huge and they make a difference in how you're going to feel. And then the final the pillar that I think is so important is support, is knowing how to get the right support from the right people so not putting your husband in, in the position of being your accountability partner for a weight loss program is really important <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> work for most of us <laughs> having a coach who's who's working with you and helping you figure it out and helping you call the plays from the sideline and understanding whether or not you know a, okay I'm a football fan so whether a pass or a run works in this situation knowing that so those are the those are the pillars of wellness to me are are getting getting them right sleep stress nutrition exercise and support and then when you've got all of those in place you start looking at that putting yourself in the center and what does that look like what is your passion what is your purpose what are your possibilities? You, you kind of nailed the three, (laughs) you know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I've, I've worked with women who've, you know, said, okay, now I'm more working to walk away from this career. That's been kind of consuming me for the last 20 years. And it's just not fulfilling anymore. Mm -hmm. And I've had other women who said, you know, if I dug in right now, right here, I could, I could accomplish that, that thing I wanted to do. I've had other women who said, you know, I want to be a grandma. I just want to be grandma. And that's, that's their purpose and passion. Right, right. And, and that's perfectly cool. I, I promise you, I have more fun being grandma than most things in my life. Yes. So um, you know, a lot of my friends
0: too, they're becoming grandmas now and they're loving every second of it. You know, it's it's more fun than you know raising your own kids sometimes because absolutely. you get to do you all can this. You get, yeah, you do all the good <laughs> and things and then give them back. Them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an absolutely um uh, delightful six-year-old grandson whose love is um being a ninja warrior Mm -hmm. and so it's fabulous for me to feel like I am the person who can go to the I go to the climbing gym with him and I'll go up on the wall with him sometimes or I'll be the one who's holding his rope for him belaying him and making sure he's safe and sometimes I'm just the person taking the videos (laughs) that's awesome so yeah and the the little one is coming along and she's, she's just as precious as she can be. She's 18 months and we, we have yet to know
0: exactly what she'll be. Oh, she might want to be trying to catch up. You know, <laughs> sometimes the younger right ones now, like to do
1: that. Right now she is monkey see monkey do. Mm-hmm. Um, But who knows what that'll, that'll evolve into. So, I want to
0: know. Well, I'm sure our listeners want to know. So, you have this coaching program. So, I want to, I want to know, I want you to be able to
1: share about your book. Okay. I want,
0: and I know I want to talk about your coaching program. So, let's, let's go for your book.
1: So, let's go for the book. Um, Mm -hmm. I have five books out, but I just, I'm so super excited that I just, released the second edition of, I just want to be me again. I ch- fact checked it. I added new stuff. I talk a lot more about some medical op- medical options for handling, um, paramenopause and menopause. I talk a lot more about symptoms in it. Um, it's over 50% new content, um, that I added to it. And I think it's a really super, super exciting thing to have released it, to have it go to international bestseller status in the ebook in March. It, the print book will be available in early May. If this is probably going to be released after that has happened. Um, And I am so over the moon to announce that um, in the very early part of June or very late part of May, I have to see exactly what it takes to get it up there. I have had this recorded by my good friend, Naomi Barton, who is a wonderful reader um, from New Zealand, and it sounds amazing. It sounds so be- so much better than if I had read it, I promise you. <laughs> And so it is now available as an audible book, available starting uh, just about the first part of of June. Um, So that's super exciting. Yeah, that's Um, terrific. If you'd rather listen to it, um, she reads through the symptoms even, but there are availabilities to go out to my website and get lists of those symptoms so that you don't have just the audio if that's the way you bought it. Um, so it's super exciting. It's available now in all three modalities. Um, I don't think it's going to make a good movie, so we're probably <laughs> not going to make a movie of it. <laughs> so what what is your website? So my website is menopause.guru, and there really are domains that are .guru. But if you forget that, you can just go menopauseguru.com and it'll take you to the same place. OK, great. Well, all the links
0: will be in the show notes to get, you know, if, you, if somebody wants to get your book or get it as an audio or get your download on your website, everything will be there. So nobody needs to worry that they missed something.
1: And there are there are pages on my website to um, first get you. I, I do offer your readers and all of my site visitors a get better sleep tonight, which is my five favorite better sleep tips that will come right to your inbox and they'll help you sleep better. They're the kinds of tips that I use on it on an ongoing basis with my clients. They're the quick, easy things that you can do to get a better sleep tonight. You can get that download and you can find out how you can work with me, get a a free hormone discovery session where we go through your hormones and figure out what's going on with you specifically. So that is all available on my website and just go on out there, menopause.guru or menopauseguru.com and you'll find all of that stuff. Perfect.
0: So just a little bit about your coaching. How long typically, I mean, I, I mean it's probably different for everybody depending on what they're going through, what their symptoms are, but is
1: there an average time of... I like to work with someone for six months mm-hmm. because the holistic kinds of changes are not overnight fixes. You know, we, we, we get used to Western medicine where you go and you get a pill for a UTI and it's gone in two days. Well, yeah, but if we're asking you to change how you eat, how you exercise, those are the kinds of things that take a while to kind of get into your body, number one, and number two, become habits. So we are very habitual human, humans are very habitual. And that's a good thing. And it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because it teaches once you get a new habit, it becomes and so how many of you play Wordle? (laughs) and how fast (laughs) how fast did that become a habit for you how fast did you you know i have friends who posted every day (laughs) me too you know and and we're only on wordles 300 and something or other and most of them didn't start right away so habits are good things in some senses but they're also tough to break so if you're in the habit of heaven forbid smoking um well, you know, that's probably the worst one, but it's a real hard habit to break. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to break it and replace it with something more healthy. Um, if you're in the habit of going to the machines every day at work and grabbing a candy bar in the middle of the afternoon, that's a hard habit to break. But if you're looking to eat, to make a more healthy lifestyle, yeah, you might want to make a different choice. You might not but you might want to make a different choice. And so breaking those habits and changing. So I like to work with, with someone for six months and then we decide whether or not there's other things they want to do with their life that that can be helped by coaching. My okay. coaching is a combination of health coaching and life coaching. So it's both. So they get everything. Is <laughs> awesome. I love
0: it. So I you know, I always ask these questions. I call the three for Ps, it. right? So I have to ask. Um, and the first one is what is something that you are passionate about
1: that most people don't know about you? So you've heard about my passion for menopause, yes. <laughs> and changing people's lives around menopause. But I think the thing that I am passionate about and the rest of my life is adventure sports and doing crazy weird things like jumping out of perfectly good airplanes or diving into oceans or uh, skiing down mountains or kayaking down rivers. Um, I love that stuff. Oh, mountain biking. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm
1: just like floored, especially by the jumping out of airplanes. It, okay. So I always thought I, I did this in my fear, um, sort of my, my get beyond the fear period back a few years ago where um, there weren't a lot of things left that I was really afraid to do. And one of them was jumping out of a good, perfectly good airplane. So I said I had to do it. And my son and I went to a small airport nearby here and we made a pact, pinky swear, (laughs) to jump out of the airplane. And um, we went up and it was, there was a storm coming in. This was really crazy. There was a storm coming in and the, the guy that, when you first jump out of an airplane, you jump, tied to somebody who's jumped many many times and so you really are relatively safe um well my guy looked at his guy and said if we're going we need to go now and then they got my my son went out and then I went out and it is the coolest thing ever I mean, this is just like amazing. They 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 do all the work, so you're in the the right flying position and all, and they're the ones controlling the parachute, so that you know that you're you're going to be safe. And by the way, they do have a safe fail safe on them, so they'll the chute sh- will open at a certain altitude. But um, you're zooming down towards the earth, and it's incredible. And then they pull the cord. And it's just quiet and you're floating above. It's, it's amazing. It sounds true. amazing. It's I don't amazing. know that I'm going to do it anytime soon, but it sounds and amazing. I am very proud of myself because they, he said, I'm going to count to three and then we're jumping. And he says, one, two. And just before he said three, I helped push us off. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I actually say that I actually did jump. <laughs> I wasn't just dragged out. <laughs> So that is a passion for adventure sports and being adventurous. I love it.
0: I'm going to, I'm just going to deviate a little because I find this fascinating. <laughs> so there's that, you know, the fear factor and you said you, there weren't many things left that you were fearful of mm-hmm. doing. So if you were going to, I'm putting you on the spot here. Cause it's not like we talked about this before, <laughs> but if you were going to, give somebody advice on how to get past the fear.
1: Is there something that you would share with them? So I think it's daring yourself. It's, it's telling, it's daring yourself to do something that you don't think you can do. Um, You have to make a pact with yourself. That you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Then it helps to have a crazy son that will go with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess if you have somebody that you can
0: experience it with, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Then I guess it makes it that much better too. Plus, right. you know, you're supporting each other.
1: Yes. And in and then- this case, neither of us had ever done it before. Um I have, you know, I, I know of people who've gone with other people to do some things that are scary to them. So I have a friend who does a lot of wildlife rehab and she takes people with her who are nervous about going and petting a possum or something. Um, and she has she has friends who are possums that <laughs> <laughs> she goes, and squirrels <laughs> and she will take people with her. So sometimes it's finding the person that you trust that that can lead you into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing, knowing who you are, who you can be on the other side of fear is a really important thing. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be jumping out of a plane. Right. So um, one of the things I do is Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a speaking club. And a lot of people have a fear of speaking in public. Mm-hmm. well, it's a safe place to try it. Find mm-hmm. a safe place to try something that's a little scary and then realize that you can take that next step and the next step and the next step. That's the, that was such a great answer. I love that. I think a lot of people need to hear that
0: because um, I think fears, you know, hold so many of us back. It does. It really does. So my second P question is, what does purpose mean to you?
1: So for, for me, um, purpose means figuring out who you're meant to be at each stage of your life and being that person. So for me, my purpose in this stage of my life is to change a million women's thoughts and feelings about menopause because it changes who they are. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's my purpose. Um, I wouldn't have told you that 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have told you that 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I would have told you that my purpose was to raise an amazing young man. I did that. Um, I'm super proud of my son. Um, 40 years ago, uh, in my 20s, I might have told you that my purpose was to change the way education was handled in this this country. I didn't do that. I, I failed at that. That's what I thought my purpose was back then. I think we change our purpose. Um, as we, as we grow and get older and our options and opportunities change. Yeah. We discover new things.
0: Absolutely. Things that are out there in the world and things within, within ourselves. So I love your definition. And my final P question is, is there a possibility, a dream or a vision you have that hasn't come to fruition yet? Yes,
1: absolutely. Are you ready to share? So, um, and it's actually been coming up more and more and more around lately. And um, so the seven-year-old me would have told you that the only thing important in life was to get a horse. I was the horse-crazy kid, the Mm -hmm. horse-crazy girl. And I have never... Had a horse. And I don't know how it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but there's a horse in my life somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you the little girl might hasn't decided what she might, wants to do and be, and she might be the place where the horse comes in. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, horses are very therapeutic. Yes. So um, I think anyone can benefit from being around a horse just because
1: they're almost like bigger dogs to me. You know, I I mean, they're different though. They're (laughs) very, I I mean, horses. So I've done, I've done uh, a weekend with a really, really good coach who does equine coaching Mm -hmm. and the thing about horses are horses are prey even, you know, they're not, they are, they are there. They, they evolved being eaten by Mm -hmm. predators. Dogs are predators. Even, you know, even our lovely domestic pooches are Mm -hmm. predators. So horses have a different sensibility about who they are and who they are in relationship to you and any if anybody ever wants to talk to me about equine coaching i'd be glad to talk talk about it um talk about my own experience with it but um if you have an opportunity to do it it's amazing hmm. they they sense a whole lot different about who you are i didn't i'm glad you brought
0: that up because i never looked at it that way as I mean, I've seen, you know, how, you know, you watch a documentary or you watch a movie and you see how a horse emotionally is there for somebody. It just seems like there's like that connection. And I have a, I have a friend who has a horse and I see her connection when she posts her pictures on Facebook and it's like, they're so in tune. And I always thought like, Dogs are like that too. And, you know, I have my own dog who I feel is pretty in tune to my emotions, but I didn't think about it as like the predator and the prey,
1: you know? Yeah, so, it's so- it's very different. And mm-hmm. so horses horses do are very emotionally sensitive. Um, not all dogs are. Most dogs mm-hmm. are. But, um, horses are very emotionally sensitive and they will they will approach or, or distance themselves from you, depending on your emotions and what you're the energy you're giving out. Um, It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is amazing.
0: Well, I'm going to have to look into that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to have a further conversation about that. (laughs) So I do have one more thing to ask you if that's okay. We had talked briefly And Mm -hmm. you had mentioned that there may be a nonprofit that you might want to start
1: in the future. Oh yeah. So going back to dogs, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a runner. I, I, I run an interval method of running where I run 30 seconds and walk 30 seconds. My dogs go with me. My dogs have always gone with me as runners. And, um, I have black dogs. I have big black dogs and big black dogs tend to be overlooked in shelters, but women love having companion runners and women who are starting to run. It's hard to train a dog to run. So my nonprofit it will be called Black Dogs Running, and it will be one dog at a time who comes and fosters with me and learns to be a running companion and then finds a permanent home with a runner who wants to have a running dog
0: a I love black running dog i love it well you know my I, my dog is black and white a little bit white but <laughs> yes i i know that the black dogs do not get adopted as easily as some of the other dogs or most of the other dogs but what a great way to help somebody and to help a dog you know so you're helping both But here's the thing. Are you really going to be able to give them up after fostering them? Because I know I would have the hardest time.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, I've, I've looked, I have, um, this won't happen until my older dog passes. She's 15, but she's still very healthy. So it could be another couple of years. She's a lab. Um, But I know too that I'm, if I, adopt a puppy it could be 15 years before that puppy passes and if that puppy passes and i'm not bef- if that puppy does not pass before i do and i <laughs> i'm not planning and going going anywhere but you know <laughs> um i the shoot might not open who knows <laughs> Um, so the, the, by fostering, I can have dogs around me all the time. And yet I know exactly what's going to happen to them. If the worst should happen and something happened to me that I couldn't take care of that dog. Even if it was, you know, if even if what wasn't me passing, but becoming incapacitated and incapable of taking care of a dog, it would mean that that dog was going back to a situation where that dog would be okay and my son wouldn't have to take care of the dog or you know and and so for me it's important to know that my animals will be taken care of beyond the time I can care for them wow
0: I love your uh, your passion all your passions (laughs) I love them all there's so many and they're all so important. And I know that you can help so many people. And I know the women that happen to be listening to this episode, you know, they're, they have a lot of food for thought, you know, some things that they might be experiencing or things they went through and they didn't realize what they were going through. So I encourage our listeners out there to go to your website, check things out, get the downloads, look, read your book. Mm-hmm. And, um, or listen to it, because I'm sure your friend she said she's from New Zealand. She must have that New Zealand accent. Oh, right? she has this lovely
1: accent. Absolutely <laughs> <Right>? lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I did. I, I'll say this. I got her to say estrogen, not estrogen. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so Brits, Brits and, and people from uh, the UK, all around the world, the Commonwealth. Um, I'll say estrogen. And I, I just said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: Makes sense. <laughs> well, thank you, Jean, so much. I thank really you for in, having me, this was such a great conversation. I think that I could talk to you for hours
1: about so many different things. I, um, I, and honestly, if your listeners are ready to talk about what's going on with them, I'd love to talk and, you know, We could talk about what's going on on your hormones. No obligation. Just take a chance on talking to somebody about it. Yeah. Because you never know how you might be able to help.
0: Thank you again. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please submit a rating and review and share with a friend. This helps us reach more listeners so we can make a bigger impact. From time to time, we share our reviews live on our episode. Your review could be the next one we share. Please head on over to our website, passionpurposeandpossibilities.co to receive a free gift I am waiting for you. And if you heard something today that truly inspired you, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at Candace Snyder at passion purpose and
1: Thank you again for listening.